morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, for another fine, fabulous Friday morning. Friends, it's Torch Report 291. Uh, the hard truth about Donald Trump. Whether you like him or love him or loathe him, these are some things that we all need to consider. And this is going to be a real heart-to-heart conversation. But before we get into that, uh, as I was walking over to World Headquarters this morning, I noticed there was a dove. It was swooping down. It landed on a sagebrush. And I, I thought, you know, the doves have been gone for a couple of months. And so seeing this graceful bird was a, a warm reminder that warmer days are just around the corner. No matter how dark it seems sometimes in the world, we know that that there are brighter days ahead. The seasons will come and go, and this too shall pass. But it also reminded me of a poem that I wrote many moons ago when I was uh, about 15 years old. And I'm going to just share that poem with you. It's titled, The Dove. Looking down from far up above soars the eloquent, white, mysterious dove. It stands for courage and is knowingly proud of the way that it glides, touching the clouds. So beautifully smooth, its flight so free, my eyes fell upon it and I wished it were me. Above all worries, I'd fly all day, capturing minds in my beautiful way. The beauty within shone out abroad. I'd soar over people and their hearts would throb. They'd wish they were free and could be up above, touching the sky with the wings of a dove. The dove. Now, I've I've always been enamored and mesmerized by nature. And... I realize for uh, many of the the new listeners, new subscribers here, this may be the first time you've heard me go off on a philosophical romp, but today is your lucky day. So you're going to get to know a little bit more about your favorite fuzzy peasant here. I love watching birds. I love watching wildlife. I deeply enjoy just sitting out in nature, looking at the trees and the plants and the grass and the shrubs. You know, the mysterious inner workings of these living things, they beckon me to deeper contemplation. Nature draws me into the great mystery of life, the eternal enigma, the magic of it all. And the truth is, I've been a, I've been a prolific writer from the time I was young. Again, I wrote that poem when I was 15. I got stacks of poetry from back then and other writings. But my, my aunt once gave me a stack of notebooks and a box full of pens for my birthday. I think it might have been my 13th birthday. And, and my gift for the scribble, you know, quickly filled up all the pages. And to this day, I cherish these personal records, all of these reams of pages that have captured the most intimate moments of my 42 years. I've got so many journals, so much writing to go back and look at. And having my thoughts scrawled out on paper has given me a tool with which to reflect upon my own foolishness, to identify the patterns of my own self-induced suffering, and even to deduce from the life experience some semblance, maybe some skosh of wit and wisdom. And from all of the wild adventures and the the many short-sighted endeavors, I've learned temperance, 
from the immense pain and suffering most often caused by my own stubborn pride and foolhardy arrogance, I've learned humility, patience, tenacity, and grace. From the smallest joys to the most grandest days, I've learned gratitude. I have deep and abiding appreciation for all of it, for the good, for the bad, for even the ugly. If it were not for the messiness of my life, life would have been mundane. If not for the sting of reality, the hard lessons would never have sunk in. If I hadn't suffered so much, I would undoubtedly be an unbearable, unmitigated ass. (laughs) That's the truth, friends. And so I'm grateful for all of it. I'm grateful for the struggles that gave birth to my dreams. And that that kind of reminded me of another poem that was written about the same time, my, my, my teenage years, my coming of age. And I, I wrote this poem called He Without. And I'm, we're going to get to Donald Trump here in just a second. But I, He Without. He without a dream is one who can't live. He without a heart is one who can't give. Unfaithful to God, unable to cope. He without a prayer is one with no hope. Not living life to its fullest extent is destroying the dream and life's main intent. Not living life to its fullest extent is destroying the dream and life's main intent. It's the poem he without, you know. You want to know how all this relates to Donald Trump? (laughs) I bet you do, friends. But before you do, before I spill the beans and explain my perspective on the cold hard truth about Donald Trump, I just want to share a little bit of that from the heart. And uh, and before we dive into this serious heart-to-heart, friends, have a look at the picture there I put in the report. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you're not getting all the goodies. You can't see this picture of yours truly unless you go to thetorchreport.com. And what you would see there is a picture of me and my family. And we've got on all of the, the latest, the hippest Trump swag. You know, we've got on the Keep America Great and, the, you know, the Trump Pence hat and, and all that good stuff. A happy time. We were enthused about Trump running for re-election and yes, 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 and and drain the swamp and all of that. Uh, as As you can see, the picture speaks for itself. You know, I was, we were all in for Trump in 2016 and 2020. But let's go ahead and zoom out a little bit here, like way out, zoop, you know, way out, you know, because that picture was taken in Idaho back before any of us had ever heard of COVID-19. When the pandemic was sprung upon us, they were talking about shutting down borders and quarantining states, and that was absolutely unacceptable because most of our family lived in Washington. So we made a rapid reconsideration of our priorities, and then we upped and moved. We moved from a deep red state to a deep blue state. And many of our friends thought we were crazy for doing that. Like, why did you move to the left coast? You know, now maybe we are a little bit crazy. I don't know. You know, nevertheless, we 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 embraced the change and embarked on our homesteading journey that ultimately led me to the here and now. So in 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 the world as a whole. So much changed so fast, not just at the personal level, but over the last three years, so much has changed so fast, it's difficult to really wrap the head around everything that's gone on. And I believe this is true for all of us. It's not just me and my family. And, and here's why that matters. Because we cannot go back to the way things were, not now and not ever. We simply cannot go back. Besides being utterly impossible 
from a logical standpoint to, you know, rewind time, this truth that we cannot go back uh, comes to bear on the highly contentious topic of Donald J. Trump and his current uh, presidential campaign for reelection. It is true that we cannot go back, uh, rewind history, and capture the nostalgic energy of his last two presidential campaigns. I see that picture of myself and my family is so fired up, and I know that uh, <laughs> it's, it's never going to be the same again. We can't go back and, and relive that moment, or we can want to, but we can't. Okay, Whether we want to accept that fact or not, that's just the reality. Uh, Trump is an incredibly inspiring man. He knows how to fire up a crowd, and I love the way he always calls it like it is, and he doesn't hold back. He doesn't pull punches when it comes to defending America. I love that about the man. You know, during the campaign, the 2020 campaign, I had actually uh, I had had half a mind to write a book called The Pocket Guide to Pro-Trump Politics. Make America Great Again? Yeah, you bet your ass. Sign me up. You know, I was all in toward working to achieve that most worthy goal. And, uh, you know, ultimately, after a historic first term. Right. I mean, Donald Trump broke all kinds of records in the first term, uh, all the while swatting off the uh, the hyenas or the deep state and all that. Despite the endless media driven tripe and scandals, I, I, you know, I was fully energized. He was fully energized to battle against the establishment in the 2020, his first reelection. And, you know, he was going to battle against the establishment. I was going to battle against the establishment. I was going to go out there and, and take it, you know, take the conversation to the streets and tell people how it is. You know, uh, I want to make damn sure that Americans knew exactly who the best presidential candidate was in the 2020 election. Donald Trump versus Joe Biden is no freaking contest, you know, but I was bewildered by the number of educated idiots who simply could not see past their party lines. They couldn't let go of the platform. They couldn't see it for what it was. How could anybody in their right mind compare Donald Trump to Joe Biden and think Joe Biden was the better candidate? I mean, it, it was there was so much dishonesty, just this willful, willful ignorance. And somehow that seemed to just grip the public psyche, or at least it came, uh, it came to my awareness that this was going on. What the hell was wrong with people? You know, I can't, why is anybody my libered, uh, my my liberal and my libertarian friends that would that would lean left. Why were they standing with Joe Biden? It just did not make sense, friends. How could any self-respecting person honestly say to themselves, "Joe Biden is the best person America has to offer"? It's absurd. You know, here's this old white guy who happens to have a 40 year track record as a notoriously corrupt politician who had got, you know, clearly gotten rich off the backs of middle class citizens who had an undeniable propensity for being a bumbling fool, a gaffe machine, a man who Barack Hussein Obama mocked by saying, don't underestimate Joe's ability to things up. OK, and this this was the guy that educated and progressive Americans felt was the best the left had to offer. What an effing joke, you know, How, come on, you know, but it wasn't meant to be funny because they were dead serious. And I thought to myself, I was realizing that I, like, holy shist, you know, this can't be happening. 
look, there's not even anyone at his rallies. They're barely even letting him out of the basement. And look what Trump is doing. Boom. You know, he's going, he's doing four or five rallies a day, tens of thousands of people. Man, we've got this one in the bag. We're going to drain the swamp. We really are going to make America great again. I was pumped, friends. And this time, this time, all these liberal idiots are going to get put in the corner where they belong. And the good old fashioned red blooded Americans all across the heartland were going to take the reins and get our country back on track. Finally, you know, Trump would be able to complete what he started in his first term. In his second term, he was going to drain the swamp. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. And I'm sure, like many of you, you know, watching the 2020 election results roll in and then they stopped and then seeing Biden suddenly jump into the lead in key swing states, it, it was surreal. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. What in the hell is going on here? The election is being stolen in broad daylight. WTF? How can this be happening? Why isn't anyone doing anything about this? Why are not every single American out in the streets? You know, ah, this is wrong. You know, this is highway robbery. This was blatant corruption on a scale that literally shocked the census. Just like COVID shocked the census. And if you think back then, you know, okay, all of a sudden we're in this time frame. Now there was COVID. And all of life before COVID quite suddenly became completely obsolete. Or at least that's how it appeared at the moment. Laws, you know, constitutional restraints. Ah, those were replaced by emergency powers. Basic human rights. Now those were displaced, displaced by emergency mandates. Logic and common sense, you know, nah, those were relegated to the fringe minority of the population. People were not thinking clearly. It was hysteria. It's pandelirium, you know, but something struck me. Those who were falling in line with the COVID narrative, those who were drinking the Kool-Aid, those are the same people who had also bought in to Biden, hook, line and sinker. These people were clearly not thinking clearly. If, if voting for Biden wasn't enough, uh, following you know, the COVID narrative without even the, the faintest whiff of, of critical thinking was, you know, that made it perfectly clear to me. And it was only much later after I'd been researching for the torture report and all that kind of stuff that I that I learned about communist mind control, communist mind control. That is something that we should all learn about. It's a clinically documented and congressionally investigated phenomenon. Did do that special report on communist mind control. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Now, the, uh, when I, when I realized that I started, you know, just observing what's going on, I began connecting the dots with the fact that all these liberals who would voted for Joe Biden, they fall in line with COVID. They have been targeted with collectivist propaganda for decades. And that's when it kind of clicked. I realized, man, these people, their mind has been hacked. This is mind control. You know, they were and still are quite literally incapable of seeing beyond the illusions of a skillfully crafted narrative. But all that said, friends, these people are just humans too. So let's have a little bit of grace, shall we? I mean, isn't it true that we're all susceptible to being hacked? Can't all of our minds be hijacked by the slick trickery of politicians and used car salesmen or what have you? You know, isn't this just part of being a human? And shouldn't we acknowledge this fact with a fair dose of humility? I have spent 
countless hours in meditation and reflection. And if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that I know very few things for sure. I've learned that language creates an illusion. It creates a degree of distortion through which we have to interpret reality. And as such, our mind is constantly getting swept up into stories, one story after another, in an endless cycle of making sense of things, or often just making shit up, you know? That's the way that our minds work. It's, we have to have an explanation. We have to make sense of things. We have to have a story that fleshes out the meaning of life in any given moment. We have to have our beliefs validated by the stories in our mind. And this, too, I believe this is just the way that it is. You know, it may seem, uh, <clears throat> you know, it may seem a little deep coming from an ignorant peasant, friends, but these are truths. They're simple yet powerful. They're buried under the busyness of our constant mental chatter. And here's why that matters. Because we are being manipulated. Every single one of us is being manipulated every single day. And it's not just the useful idiots who fall prey to the wicked schemes of the political wizards in the world. You know, very many well-meaning good-hearted, honest, intelligent, and sincere individuals of all stripes and colors, all different persuasions, succumb to the fact that we are hackable animals. And the global elites know this, which you know is why it does no one any good to try to deny this fact, this reality. It, instead, we need to take some time, look in the mirror, and ask ourselves, am I being deceived? Where did this thought come from? Where does it go? If I allow my intelligent mind to logically follow where this thought leads, what conclusions will I find? Does my emotion interfere with thinking this through? You know, do, do I lose sight of the thought and begin to feel instead of think? Uh, because when I, 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 the reason I bring this up, friends, is when I hear people talking about Donald Trump today, I hear people feeling not thinking. I hear emotion, not logic. And when I say that, let me ask, how does that make you feel? You know, don't forget my exposition and praise of Donald Trump. Okay? Go back and look at that picture and remember that I was all in and fired up for Trump. Remember that was then and this is now. And logically speaking, we cannot go back. We can only look forward and plan accordingly. Are you excited? that Donald Trump might square off with Joe Biden again in 2024, are you? I'm not, you know? I don't care who the Democrats prop up against him. That is not a matchup that I want to see. Now, would I vote for Trump again? Sure, I'd vote for Trump again if he was the presidential candidate in the general election, but I would not vote for him in the primaries because I do not believe that another four years of Donald Trump is what we really need. Oh, the blasphemy. Ah, the gnashing of teeth, you know. No, wait, come on, Luke. Get what the hell's wrong with you? You know, pull your head out of your ass and let you know. But friends, I'm just being honest here. You don't have to agree with me. That's what I think, you know. It, think about it. What would happen if Trump was reelected? Would the deep state and the Democrat operatives simply go home? No, of course not, you know. Would all those radical lefties suddenly become pacifists and accept political defeat? 
No, you know, uh, unlike the right side, the left doesn't accept defeat so much. You know, if Donald Trump was reelected, all hell would break loose. The media spinmeisters would be out there with their unrelenting assaults, you know, 24-7 news cycle, you know, trying to tear them down, trying to divide the country. The corrupt, the corrupt political establishment would undermine and obstruct him on every single issue, including the Republic Party and Republican Party and independent voters are ultimately, you know, would be turned off. They would scoff at the mockery of our one once great institutions. You know, this results in America, particularly liberty-loving Americans, being more divided than ever before. The Democrats would be galvanized in their united hatred, their putrid hatred of Donald Trump. Republicans would be ripped apart by the arguments for and against Donald Trump. And while all of this political theater is playing out, friends, don't lose sight of the invisible hand of the global cabal that's continuing to manipulate and deceive us all. Would all of this lead to a hung election and a civil war like Bill Gates predicted? I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But do you really think that Donald Trump has any chance of getting reelected and actually clean house. Do you really think, you know, that he's going to get in there and change things that, he, that all of a sudden, you know, Donald Trump's going to save the day, drain the swamp, and there's going to be political accountability. Do you believe that? Do you realize how many Republicans will be working against him? Can you see how this cripples his ability to be effective as a president and how it further stokes division within the ranks? Can you see how this is not good for our country, friends? Is Donald Trump really the best idea that we can come up with? You know, I used to would have said yes, undoubtedly, unabashedly, yes, let's vote for Trump. But now, now, friends, I believe the cold, hard truth is that it's time to find a better solution. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, what do you think? Let me know in the comments below. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart, click that heart, and give me some love. For all my friends who love a freebie, don't forget you can support this publication by joining the Patriot Club. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah. <laughs>